Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Dr. Sammy and friends are resting this week and will return next week. However, we have a leader from our local church community giving today's message. Can you all be seated? I want to welcome back for the second time, Mr. and Mrs. Joseph and Wendy Lee Han. They came back from their honeymoon just this past week. Welcome back. Welcome back to reality. Snap back to reality. We weren't jealous of you being in Hawaii for two weeks. No, we weren't at all. No. Welcome back, guys. Also, this past week, we had an engagement. Sean and Helen were engaged. I mean, Helen's hands are so small. I thought it was like three carat diamond on her hands. I was like, good job, Sean. I was like, I said, you just got, you just lucked out. She's really small. It could be like a quarter diamond would be that big. But just kidding. Well, congratulations. Uh, congratulations. A lot of good news, and Stu will come up soon and share the greatest news of all. But I want to give you a moment for some silence and solitude in the rules of life. Will you bow your heads with me as we exercise and meditate and prepare our hearts for worship and the word. Let's exhale all the ruminating, automatic, toxic, harassing thoughts. That's, that it's weighing in our spirit, in our soul, weighing us down, keeping us from faith from the promise that the word has promised us. That he has a future and a hope that he wants to lie us down in green pastures. That promise. Let it all out. And inhale that promise of the presence of God, the Spirit, right now. July 3rd, Sarah Young, Jesus Calling. My children, make a pastime of judging one another and themselves. I am the only capable judge. I have acquitted you through my own blood. Your acquittal came at a price of unparalleled sacrifice. That is why I am highly offended when I hear my children judge one another or indulge in self-hatred. If you live close to me and absorb my word, the Holy Spirit will guide you, correct you as needed. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who belong to me. All God's people pray. Amen. Now Stu will come up. Let's give him a hand. Thank you. Okay, so since everybody is very, very lively today, uh, we're going to start out with a little something I like to do every now and again, a little bit of uh, congregation participation. Uh, and since it's summertime, since it's a time of vacations and road trips and everything like that, I want everybody to think about what was your most memorable road trip or your favorite destination to take a vacation on. Think about it for a second. Think about what made it so special. And in one sentence, turn to your neighbor and really sell it. I want, to, I want you to make them believe that this is the most amazing vacation that they can take. Go ahead. You guys are very quiet. Come on. I see one person is already showing pictures from Hawaii from this past couple of weeks. <laughs> okay, okay, all right, all right. 
we're going to be here for all day then. Um, one of my, all right, it took a minute for you guys to get started, but you really enjoyed that one. All right, so for, for me, one of my favorite vacations, uh, one of my favorite road trips, it happened about seven years ago, and I can't believe it was actually seven years ago. Me, Andrew Rowe, and Kevin Lim, we took a trip. We went to St. Louis, and we went to Chicago, and a couple of spots in between. And there's a lot that I can say about this trip, and there's a lot that I will never say about this trip. And um, one of the things I will say is that you guys have no idea how huge the Gateway Arch is. That thing is phenomenally huge. And the courthouse right there, it's a beautiful courthouse. That's actually where Dred Scott first sued to get his freedom. And let me tell you something, St. Louis barbecue is delicious. And even though it may be heresy to say, Chicago deep dish pizza, pretty darn good too. I know, I just offended a whole bunch of people with that one. Now, one thing that I can't do, and I'm sure a lot of you guys with some of your vacation recommendations that you can't do is, I can't give you exact facts and figures. I can't give you the exact address of where Poppy's Barbecue is, and I can't tell you exactly how tall the arch is, and I'm sure a lot of you guys can't say the exact facts and figures of your vacations as well. Some might say that we would be absolutely terrible tour guides because we can't recall these facts and figures, but the truth of the matter is that we know what made those vacations special. We know what made those trips amazing, and with a little pushing and a little prodding, I'm sure we could probably get our neighbors sitting next to us to go on a similar vacation, especially if we said, hey, why don't we do this? Let's do this, let's go on that vacation. And in a strange sort of way, our journey with Christ is a little bit similar. I know that may seem like a bit of a non sequitur, but stick with me on this. How many of you guys would actually be able to recite the Nicene Creed? How many of you guys actually know what the Augsburg Confession is? How many of you guys have even heard of the Luzanne Covenant? But even though we can't say these things, and I'm not trying to cast shame on anybody here because I don't know exactly what all those things say either, I'm sure all of us here can say, I'm in a relationship with Christ because of who he is in my life, of specific instances of where he made his presence known, of specific things that made it special. See, our journey in Christ is not all about facts and figures. It's not all about the, the facts, and we can always look them up, but when it comes to inviting other people into a relationship with Christ, the important thing is inviting them on that journey. It's being able to say, this is who Christ is in my life and in the journey that I have taken with him. And we can say, it is special because of who he is, how he saved me, how he pulled me out of sin and death, how he is growing me and discipling me in my journey with him. And today I wanna to talk a little bit about discipleship. Specifically, I wanna talk about the Great Commission and inviting others along that journey of faith. The Great Commission, if we can put this up, it comes from Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 and 20. And it says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is some of Christ's last words to the disciples before he ascended into heaven. And it's a command that he gave to the disciples and is passed down to us to invite others along that journey, to make disciples of all nations, to show people who Christ is and to bring them into relationship with him. 
And then again, it's a command that has been passed down to all of us, and it's a part of our discipleship to go out and make disciples of all nations. And I'm sure a lot of us, when we hear, oh boy, this is an evangelism sermon, I'm not so good at this. A lot of us may be thinking, I'm not really the right person for that. Surely there is someone who is more put together, someone that's holier, someone that's a lot better at this than me. I'm not sure if I'm the right person to do that. And what we're really saying when we say that actually is we're admitting that we're not a perfect representation of Christ. We're not the perfect person to show someone who Christ is and what a relationship with Christ is like. But you remember a couple of weeks ago, I told you guys that it's okay to fail as long as you try. I'm gonna do another thing today. It's okay to not be perfect, right? Is that a little bit mind blowing for some people? It's okay to not be perfect. Perfection is not a prerequisite for sharing the gospel, for saying this is who Christ is in my life and this is the journey that I've been on. So, and I can prove that perfection is not a prerequisite. So what we're gonna do today, we're gonna start a little series on being a friend along the journey in Christ. And today we're specifically talking about starting that journey, beginning that journey with someone, inviting someone to come and see who Christ is. And we're gonna turn to John chapter four. And this is a very famous, uh, very famous passage. We've gone through it many times, but we're gonna take a look at it through a little bit of a different lens. And it may seem like this sermon is gonna be just all for believers and any of the seekers here are gonna be like, oh, this doesn't really apply to me, trust me. I will tie it all around at the end and I will, I will have it for you guys as well. So just stick with me on this. If we can go down to the passage, we're gonna look at John chapter four. And again, we know this story. It's the story about the Samaritan woman at the well. And a lot of times when we look at this passage, we focus on a couple of different things. We focus on the fact that Jesus was going to Jerusalem, so he had to go through Samaria, which he really didn't have to. He could have gone around, but for his mission, for his plans, he went right through. And we talk about the woman who took this water jug in the middle of the heat of the day at the worst time to go get water. And she went to get water because she was trying to dodge her entire community because she had a bad reputation about herself. And we talk about how Jesus confronted her and talked to her about how she's had five husbands and she's already working on future ex-husband number six and things like that. That's all great background stuff, but that's not the point of what I'm trying to talk about today. Today, the point I'm trying to talk about is that Jesus had an encounter with this woman, or rather this woman had an encounter with Jesus. Jesus came and he spoke with her. He treated her probably better than anybody had treated her in a long time. Remember, she's trying to dodge her community because she's got this reputation about her. He's speaking to her. He's offering her kindness. He's offering her a little bit of hope in the hopelessness that she has. He's offering her a better future. Maybe for some of us, that kind of rings a little bit, like, hmm, Christ came into my life. He took the places of brokenness and he showed me something better. And then he reveals himself to her. In verse 25, the woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. So she has this incredible interaction with Christ. She has this incredible revelation of who the Messiah is. And the first thing she does after realizing this, after having this encounter, she makes a beeline right back to the town, to all of the people that she has been dodging left and right, and she goes and tells them. Then 
leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? And she doesn't say, come and see this guy who judged me for everything I ever did wrong. She doesn't say, come and see this person who told me that was awful. She says, come and see this man who told me I ever, everything I ever did. Could he be the Messiah? She's inviting them to come out and see this person that made such an impact in their life, in her life. And what happens? These people actually listen. They didn't say, hmm, you're some floozy, what do you know? They said, they went and they came out of the town and made their way towards him. And many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him. Because of the woman's testimony, he told me everything I ever did. Now this admittedly imperfect, very human woman, she had a powerful encounter with Christ. And she went and she told everybody she could, come and see what I have seen. Come and see, come and experience this relationship with this person who told me everything I ever did. Could he be the Messiah? Her imperfections did not matter. Her past did not matter at all. But it was just that she wanted to share this wonderful thing that she had experienced with every single person that she met. And this is the first point that I want to make up here, if we can put that up. We are not called to be a perfect representative, but an honest friend along the journey. That's what we're called to be. When we invite someone out to come and experience who Christ is, we're not coming as some authority figure. We're not coming as someone who says, you should do this and you shouldn't do that. We're coming as someone who says, this is what I have experienced. These are the places where Christ has made an impact on my life. Come and see. And you can make all the arguments in the world that you know this woman is not what a representative of Christ should be. You could say maybe she really shouldn't be the one to introduce them to Christ because she might be you know a bad reputation or something like that. Let me tell you guys something. I hate those two words, should and shouldn't. I hate them because they conjure up this utopian ideal of how life is supposed to be that will never, ever actually be. If the things that should and shouldn't be actually were, I mean, life would be a heck of a lot easier for all of us, right? Actually, maybe not for me. I'd be out of a job. But besides that point, the things that should and shouldn't be, that's not reality. And when we say, oh, I shouldn't be the one to do this because of X, Y, and Z, honestly, as a side note, that's a great tactic of the enemy to keep you out of the game, to keep you from sharing your testimony of who Christ has been in your life. And when we come as friends along the journey, as people who are in need of Christ, because every single one of us here needs Christ, when we come and we say, this is who he has been in my life, in spite of my brokenness, in spite of the places where he is still working on me, that can be very encouraging for people who themselves say, I am not put together enough to come and find, to find a church, to find God, to find a relationship with Jesus. In fact, one of the big things that keeps people out of church is the fact that they feel that they're not put, enough, put together enough to come into church. That's what we're trying to dispel here today. Um, Doc and Danny O, they both tell a uh, very funny story about how when Danny O first started coming to church, and it was the time when he first realized, oh, this is a church that I can belong at, that I can actually be here at. And it was because they were at Page Diner, 
and they made the absolute unforgivable sin of running out of diet soda and shortchanging everybody on their chicken sandwiches. And Doc, to put it respectfully, had a few wor choice words for them. And Danny said, oh, if, if, if he's like this, then I can fit in here. I can absolutely do this. Um, friend of mine that I used to work with, guy by the name of Kevin, he always used to make fun of me and try to throw me under the bus whenever I talked about church to other people because he would go up to them and say, hey, you got to watch out for these church people that go too much because they're the ones that really need them. And I would tell him, you are absolutely right. I know how much I need Jesus. That's why I'm at church. I absolutely do. Heck, talk to my small group. They can tell you a few stories. Actually, no, they won't because small group is always a safe place. But, <laughs> but that, is, that is where we're at, right? We are imperfect people that are on that journey. And all it is in, in following the Great Commission is just inviting someone along that journey with us, saying to them, this is who Christ has been in my life. Come and see what I have seen. Come and see. So, for all of you guys, I want to ask you a question. Where are you letting your imperfections become a roadblock to sharing the gospel? Can you forgive yourself for being imperfect? I certainly hope that you can, because not a single one of us here is perfect. None of us. Can you forgive yourself for, being, uh, for not being perfect and just be a friend to someone along that journey. You might have a lot more success just coming and saying, hey, I'm a mess, I have my issues, and this is where Christ is helping me. And that's actually what we're going to see next. We're gonna see what happens when a very human, very imperfect person actually invites someone along that journey in faith. Let's go down to the next part. What we see is people actually respond. They respond to that invitation. No matter how messed up we might be, no matter how messed up we may think we are, and we always think we're more messed up than we project to other people, no matter where we're at, when we make that invitation, people will respond. And that's exactly what we see in this passage here. We go to verse 39. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony he told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. So this entire town of Samaritans came out because of the testimony of one woman who was imperfect, who everybody knew her reputation, and yet they still listened to what she said, come and see. Could this be the Messiah? This whole town came out and they met with him and they begged him to stay a couple of days. He was just passing through. He didn't intend for this to, to become a two-day road trip, but they begged him, come, stay with us. And something even more happened when we go to verse 42. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. So it wasn't just about her testimony anymore. She pointed them in the right direction. She said, come with me on this journey. That is the end point. He's the one that we're gonna go see. And once they actually came into that relationship, once they actually came and saw and met and fellowshiped with him, now they said, now we believe, not just because of your testimony, but because we have seen. 
when we invite people along that journey in Christ, we're pointing towards him. We're not pointing at ourselves. We're not saying we're so good, so you should follow him. We're saying, I need a savior. This is who I am following. Come and see this person who is helping me through my life, who is healing me of my brokenness, who is changing me inside and out. That's the destination that we're pointing people toward. And every journey needs a destination. Every journey needs an endpoint that you're pointed towards. And when we come as friends along the journey, we're all pointed towards that same direction. It's not about someone being over one another, but it's us helping each other towards that singular destination. And that's my second point, if we can put that up. We are friends along the journey with a single destination in mind, Christ. Now, I know that sounds like such a cop-out answer because the Sunday school correct answer is always Jesus, right? But honestly, it's the truth. Again, it's not about us. It's not about how good we are. It's about who Jesus is. He is the author and the perfecter of our faith. He is the one that we seek out. And yes, we may not get to that perfect destination. We may not come to a place where we are a perfect representative of Christ. But that's okay. We're pointing one another towards the one who is perfect. Um, while I was talking to uh, Doc about this sermon, um, he reminded me of how I actually got here. And I got here because you know, I grew up Irish Catholic, you know, going to church every Sunday, very, very cultural Christian. And I had a friend who uh, came to this church many, many years ago, and he said, dude, I found this really great church. You should come check it out. But I'm warning you, if you come here, it is going to change your life. And he was 100% right, well, 98% right, because it wasn't just the church. It wasn't the building. It wasn't even necessarily the people. It was the fact that this was a community that I could join that could point me towards Christ. It started a journey that I, whew, I could not have imagined what has happened in the, God, how long has it been? It's almost 20 years I've been here. Good Lord. I could not have imagined the journey that had been set before me. But it all happened because... And I don't say this to, to, to his shame or anything like that, but he was a very imperfect person. Just as I'm a very imperfect person, we were two peas in a pot of being very imperfect. But he gave me that invitation to come and see. And holy crap, the things I have seen, the places that we've gone, the things God has done in my life. See, when we make that invitation to someone to come and see, we're pointing them towards Jesus. We're a friend along the journey but we let Jesus be the destination. And what that road of faith may be, we can't say, but it is good. And that's the thing that we want to share with others. We wanna share who that person is that has made such an impact in our lives and can change us and can bring us to places that we'd never imagined. So my question for you guys is, who is God calling you to invite on this journey. And in the midst of that journey, how can you point to Jesus? Because he is the ultimate destination. It's that relationship with him. It's that union with him and the things that he will do in our lives and grow in our lives and grow in the lives of those we most care about.
Now again, I said in the beginning that this is not just a message for believers. For those of you guys that are here, that maybe this is your first time in a church. Maybe this is your first time seeing a sermon on YouTube. Maybe your friend dragged you here promising that you'd go out and get some good food afterwards. Your friend brought you here because they want you to come with them on that journey. And I want to say that every Christian that you meet will be an imperfect representation of who Christ is. There are going to be times where we get it right. There are going to be times when we get it wrong. And there are going to be times when we've got it right, but we just do it so wrong. It's kind of like that Carlton meme, you know, he's a little confused, but he got the spirit, that sort of a thing. We are imperfect. We will make imperfect moves. We will make imperfect jokes and references. And for those of you guys that maybe have had a bad experience with Christians, that have thought that they knew it all, especially if they have that arrogance and that hubris, all I can say is I'm sorry for that experience that you had on behalf of all of us that are trying to honestly and earnestly follow Christ and trying to be good representations of who he is. But like I said, maybe the reason why you're here today is because the friend who brought you here, who invited you, is saying, I am a mess. This is where I have found someone who is changing me, who is growing me. And this is a destination that I want to share with you because every journey is better when it is taken with friends along that journey that can help us, that can spur us on, that can be with us through the ups and the downs. And I will say that there will be plenty of downs, but I will save that for next time. For today, let's pray. Let's, let's stand up, let's pray, and let's pray for those friends along the journey. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this passage that shows us we don't have to be perfect in order to invite a friend along the journey, to say, come and see, could this person who I've had an incredible experience with be the Messiah? I pray, Father, for those names and those faces of people that you want us to reach out to, to invite along that journey. I pray for a breaking of every spirit of thinking that we should be perfect. And Father, I pray, God, that in those moments where there have been bad representations, that we can look beyond them and focus our eyes on Jesus, the true author and perfecter of our faith. Help us and lead us in this great commission. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. ago, the passage where Jesus addresses and forgives the, 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 the paralyzed man and the, his friends 
put a, a hole in the roof and drag him down and lower him down to Jesus. And Jesus doesn't address first the misfortune of being paralyzed, but Jesus addresses his sin. Here you see Jesus cut through the swamp of the excuses in her life and pretends that there's no nothing wrong, nothing broken, and even tries to change the subject into a political framework, right? Like Jesus says, if she says to Jesus, you know, you Jews, makes it political. Anytime you want to end a conversation, you make it political. The, the thing about what makes the church distinct from self-help and psychology is that psychology gives you maps and lenses to see how you've been broken and hurt and how you've hurt others. Theology, which comes before psychology, goes directly to the root, not the manifestations, not the behaviors. It goes to the root and calls it sin. Sin is what makes the church different from any therapeutics and any other discipline that the world has to offer us. Because in the end of the day, what sin does is it shows you a mirror of your faults. And to admit to those faults and hurting others because of them, especially it's really singular, it's pride and stubbornness and a willful blindness to them. Because no one likes to admit. How many people here like admitting to their faults? Raise your hand. You like, you like to admit to your fault, be like, honey, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, those two words. Actually, three, apostrophe there. It's like, for me, it's the hardest words to say to my wife. But she goes, just say sorry, and this conversation will be over. Three hours later, I'm sorry. Just out of exhaustion. The church that does not address sin is a dangerous church. Because we're not trying to give you therapeutics. We're not saying you're wonderful people. We're saying that you can become more and the best that God made you. But in order to do that, we have to admit our faults. And really, in the end of the day, we have to admit our faults to the lawgiver himself. And so when, when Stu preaches this message, I, was, I really love this message because when the women admits to her faults, which is obvious to everybody else, but she pretended and isolated herself, didn't want to admit to them, the town was amazed when she boldly boasted about her sins. And that became a lens in which the town saw their own sins and gave them the courage to admit their sins. Right? The church, we're sinners saved by grace. So if you're a sinner today, raise your hands with me to God. And you let your sins, that's why Paul says, boast of your weaknesses. Right? Allow God's grace to become perfect. Not only in our lives, but the lives of others around us. Because everybody feels alone in their sin. And you know what? Shame enters. Self-hatred enters. Today, we want to sing this as an anthem of 180 community, to come to the Father. Like this town, like this women, like Stu and me at my page diner. 
as sinners saved by grace. Amen? Let's make this our prayer today. Before the world began. Before the world began. Every tear you cry, and every tear you cry is precious in his eyes. It's precious in his eyes. Because of his great love. Because of his great love. He gave his only son. He gave his only son. Everything was done. Everything was done. So you would come. today we come before you this afternoon as we close our service we are not to make it absolutely clear perfectly clear we're not offering self-help the Bible and the gospel offer salvation we eliminate any ambiguity who the hero is in our stories it's Jesus and Jesus alone that comes into the very fabric at a subatomic level, at a molecular level, changes who we are by his power and grace when we admit and give in to God about how we hurt others when we operate under sin in a willful blindness and pride. That is what Jesus died for on the cross, that singular action in the human heart. So no, it's not tools, it's not maps, they're helpful, but they cannot change. All maps and tools will do, therapeutics will do for you, is hack away at leaves. At the expressions of the problem, but never get to the root. Only salvation gets to the root. And that's when the change begins. pray that many of us would give in to God and allow his spirit to come love us and change us at that level will you bow our heads for the benediction today may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now.
forevermore. All God's people pray. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Amen. Hi, everyone. Happy Sunday. So glad to see you all here. My name is Haley, and I'm a member here at 180 Church, and I will be sharing some community news with you. First off, let's talk about tithes and offering. If you're a member here at 180 Church, we ask that you continue to keep God at the center of your finances and to tithe faithfully, which you can do using Venmo, Zelle, Chase QuickPay, or PayPal. If you're a visitor here with us today, we welcome you to our service, and there's no financial obligation to give. But if you'd like to make a donation, you can do so with the methods above. Next, we have Bible Reading Group. We have an Instagram handle and a Tumblr page at 180BRG, where you can join us at any time to read the Bible. Feel free to follow along and feed your soul with the Word of God. Next, there are devotionals on sale at the 180 Cafe. They're great to help you get in the habit of praying and connecting with God every day. Sometimes I find it hard to find, form the words to pray, but these devotionals have been so helpful and inspirational. They're available at the 180 Cafe and it's an honor system. So you can purchase them via Venmo or QuickPay. Speaking of prayers, we have our prayer hotline. We invite you to use this resource to ask for prayer for anything or anyone in your life, and it's completely confidential. You can text 5397-PRAYER or email prayer at 180church.tv and know that there will be a team praying for you on the other end. Prayers are so powerful, and I can't tell you how many times my prayers were heard and answered. So I want to encourage you to get out there and pray and ask for prayer for where two or three are gathered in his name god is with them yes so let's talk about social media there these are the ways you can stay connected with us throughout the week we have several media outlets from facebook to instagram to dr sammy's twitter page and even our youtube page we are very active on social media and there are multiple ways to share the message with your friends and family and also stay connected in the community Let's not forget about our YouTube live stream. We know that things pop up and it's not always possible to physically attend Sunday service, but not to worry because Sunday service is being live streamed weekly on YouTube, so you never have to miss another service. So say hello to the YouTube viewers. Hello. And it's also a great way to share the gospel with friends and family. Next up is small groups. Small groups are a great way to process what you heard on Sundays with brothers and sisters along the journey of faith. We know that no one is meant to do faith alone, and small groups have been an amazing way to know that we are in this together. It's also a great way to um, get to know each other, grow deeper in, with, in relationship with each other, and reflect and apply sermons to our daily lives. And honestly, it's so much fun. I look forward to it every week to meet with the group and you know, we just have fun doing life together. So that's great. Um, adult groups meet on Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Young adult groups meet on Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. College Fellowship meets on Mondays at 7.30. And if you need any additional info, please speak to any of the greeters in 180 shirts or hoodies. Now, this is the exciting one. Are you, are you guys ready? Okay, I, I want to introduce 180 merch, okay? I know, you've been all waiting for this. It's not exclusive anymore. You can purchase your 180 merch at the 180 Cafe. 
There's a variety of tops in different fabulous colors, all donning the stylish 180 um, emblem and other cool designs. Like some of them have like cool designs on the back. Not mine, but others. Um, so you can get one of those. Uh, after service, you can head straight to the 180 Cafe to purchase your new 180 shirt, hoodie, or sweatshirt. And they can be purchased with the same honor system as the devotionals. If you have any questions, you can speak to our merch designer, Andy, wherever he is. Oh, he's in the back. There he is. Um, and he can help you. And I can't wait to twin with all of you once you purchase your merch. Okay, next we have Day in the Sun. Our next Day in the Sun will be on May 15th at 12.30 p.m. We will be meeting at the East Pintum in Central Park. So be on the lookout for an email to RSVP. Let's pray for beautiful May weather and an awesome time of fellowship. Also, let's start thinking about the people in our lives who we can invite and share the good news with. Uh, now, for those of you with the heart to serve or feel like you're being led to serve, we have children's ministry. We need volunteers to serve, love, and teach our church's youngest members. They are really doing meaningful and soul-filling work there. My children are learning that they are God's treasures, like I told you last time. And also, my daughter always gets super excited for Sunday school. She says, oh, she loves Sunday school, so they're having a good time there. Um, they are building relationships and growing up in this community feeling loved and known, and that's really special. So if you want to be friends with our community's littlest members and be loved by me and other parents, go see Michelle Kim or Pastor Lydia for more details. Next, we have cafe volunteers. Coffee brings me so much joy, and I know it brings you guys joy too. So you can share some joy by serving up a cup of coffee before service. No barista skills are required. So if you want to serve or impress people with your latte art, please see Danny O or Wendy Lee for more details. And lastly, we have greeting volunteers. Who doesn't love a friendly face when they walk in? I know everybody does. And if you want to be that friendly face that brings smiles and makes people feel welcomed, this is for you. If you're interested, please see Danny O or Wendy Lee for more details. Now, those are all of our announcements we have today.